Hello there, and welcome to an Argus Weight of Freight podcast, where we will discuss developments in the commodity markets and their relationship with the shipping sector. My name is Andrew Call, and I'm the Asia Pacific Freight Editor. And joining me are John Olette, London's Deputy Freight Editor, and Sean Zhang, Asia Pacific Senior Freight Reporter. This podcast is going to focus on the current and possible forward state of the clean tanker markets both in the east and west of Suez. Now, just looking at where we are, the clean tanker market has been showing signs of improvement towards the end of the year, following usual seasonal patterns. Fundamentally, demand is strong, but COVID-19 refuses to let the world move on. The latest variant, Omicron, has caused concerns and led to a more cautious market. So, John, perhaps just to start off, could you elaborate a little bit more on the market's recent upward momentum? Hi, Andrew. It's been fascinating in the European clean market, actually, over the last few weeks. And one of the most unusual impacts we've seen from Omicron is an actual increase in freight rates rather than the expected decrease. When we first saw Omicron announced, there was a big drop off in crude prices, about 10%, and there was a corresponding massive drop in gasoline prices in Europe. But we didn't see this drop off in gasoline prices elsewhere in the US, Brazil, West Africa, etc. So it actually made European gasoline much more competitive as an export commodity. So we saw MR rates really, really, that's medium range 37,000 ton tankers, really, really pushing up, particularly to the US and a lot of demand there. Uh, So that was a a sort of a very interesting side effect that we saw. And it's not really come off, even though we've seen European gasoline prices start to make up some of that ground that they lost. There's still sufficient cargo movements that rates are staying very, very high. And we're actually seeing in the US Gulf, MR rates are much higher as well. So that transatlantic trade was initially buoyed by this Omicron announcement and the fall in European gasoline prices, but it's been sustained more by the typical seasonal factors as refineries continue to create product to export it. In Europe, we're seeing refinery utilization getting stronger. According to the the Euroil stock data, we're now basically back at 2019 levels, much higher than even the levels that we saw in early 2020. Uh, utilization obviously is, is not always the absolute best measurement of what's going on. So the throughputs is, is normally what I'd prefer. And they're still within, they're a bit lower. So they're about 2 to 5% within 2019 levels, mainly because of a sort of a heavy maintenance season and things like that. But it still means that we're, we're looking at much stronger levels than we saw in 2020. And we're seeing that impact in the MR market and seeing that tonnage coming through. The other interesting thing that we've seen in the European clean tanker market is more for the long range tankers, the 60,000 and 90,000 ton vessels. They're chiefly used from Europe. They'd be the Mediterranean to Japan market carrying naphtha. And we've seen an interesting evolution in that over the last sort of several weeks, the last couple of months. Natural gas prices in Europe have been very high, and that has led to some power generators and plastics producers and various other uh, participants moving away from natural gas prices wherever they can and burning LPG, burning propane, etc. And that has also meant that the traditional people who would have been using the propane have now started to burn naphtha instead. So basically, we've had a much more solid demand for, for 
domestic demand for European naphtha. And what that has done is it's just completely limited the cargoes that would normally have been exported to Asia, and Asia has had to look elsewhere for its for its naphtha. Obviously, the higher that this is, it's pushed the LR rates down, and it means that you get LRs competing on rate on routes that they usually don't when the market is strong. So we've even seen LRs taking some diesel from the Baltic to Europe. I mean, that's a, a very, <laughs> they're long range ships. That's a very very short voyage. We've also seen them taking, for a while there, they were taking diesel from Baltic to the US. Again, that's traditionally an, an MR route where possible. And we've seen them being used increasingly in Europe to West Africa, gasoline, diesel, cargoes. So the more that they compete there, the more pressure that they add to the market. But actually, because of the Omicron variant, the, the smaller markets have not been as affected by this. And this was, this was something that we saw more in October, but it's actually happening again. And for example, at the moment, naphtha margins are at a six-year high premium to the ICE, the ICE Brent contract front month. So this could be a trend that we start to see again, and that, that market tightness and that market buoyancy is going to start being taken away again. This week, for example, for the first time, we saw LRs taking diesel from the Baltic to Europe. They haven't done that for several weeks, and now they've started doing it again. It's typically when we see much more pressure being added to the handy size market. We haven't seen any of that pressure turn into a fall in rates yet, but you know we're, we're getting there. So those are come, some of the interesting trends that we've seen in Europe. Probably the final one I think that, that's been of most interest has been the cross-Mediterranean rate, which as, as anyone in the clean market knows, has, uh, has gone astronomically higher. Uh, um, there are rocket ships that can accelerate more slowly, and it's basically doubled up to about 330 in recent weeks. This was due to a very short number of available ships ahead of the 20th of December. Now that we've moved on from that, I mean, it, it lost 30 points yesterday. It, it could lose another 50 today because there are much more sh- many more ships available around the Christmas period. That was more of a pure supply demand fundamental situation rather than a rather than a trend and we'll likely see that sort of start to tick down again and yeah that's the uh, that's the the trends that we've been seeing in Europe thanks john that that sounds very interesting and and sean in terms of the east of suez any particular insights to share uh, yes uh, so the Middle east gulf has also increased its clean products exports because kpc had some issues with their cfp project problems and it has only just come back online so some Middle East refiners, such as Anak, has scheduled a month-long turnaround for its splitters in Q1 next year. So that caused NAFTA demand to rally. Oh yeah, speaking of NAFTA, last week alone, we recorded a total of 33 NAFTA fixtures from the region to Japan for loading in December. So that depleted quite a portion of tonnages in the region. And just for comparison, LR1 spiked up to world scale 135 from world scale 112.5 and MR rates from WorldSQ 145 from WorldSQ 127.5 three weeks ago. So NAFTA is a raw material for plastic, and Asia is a heavy consumer of plastic, and even more so with the lockdown. So as more people order food deliveries and shop online, disposable plastic cutleries, containers, and packaging were used. Understood. Thanks. Thanks, guys. But just looking a little bit forward, we've been focused on what's been happening in the market and interesting trends but how's the winter shaping up is that looking is that are we able to see some guidance on how important exports are looking in both regions 
Uh, yes, certainly. I mean, in Europe, it's a fascinating situation where obviously we've had these trends running up so far, but of course, Omicron in particular could change all this moving forward. I mean, a lot of things in Europe at the moment are depending on what sort of restrictions are we going to see. I mean, in the UK, for example, they've been people have been recommended to work from home, which obviously reduces demand for, for gasoline. You could also see, see lower demand for diesel for the same reason if there's less travel and less usage. So that obviously is, is putting a lot of pressure on things moving forward. The other thing that's particularly interesting is what's the weather going to be like this winter? So a warm winter will mean less power consumption. It will mean less natural gas being burned. It will take some of the, some of the momentum out of the natural gas prices and therefore mean that less LPG is being burned, and therefore we've got more naphtha available for exports. The Asian markets are always demanding naphtha. They're a, they're a massive consumer of it. So if we see a warm winter, we will most likely see higher LR rates right the way through January and February shipping into Asia. And that will mean that the LRs are not competing on the traditional MR and handy side routes. And that will mean that we'll see much higher rates moving forward through winter. The other factor is, as I mentioned before, refinery utilization has been high, and this is expected to continue. We have heard some reports that refineries have taken on a certain amount of debt during the COVID crisis, the ongoing COVID crisis, I should say. And this means that they are going to be looking to push their production and volumes as much as possible. And obviously, this is going to mean more cargoes for export and more, most likely, higher freight rates. So, If you exclude the Omicron variant, the market was poised for a very strong fourth quarter and likely quite a strong first and second quarter, uh, quite a strong first few months of 2022. But it all depends on what restrictions we're going to see from the Omicron variant. I mean, if we suddenly start looking at lockdowns again, then we are going to see things come down. Jet fuel is definitely going to suffer because uh, international travel is going to go through the floor. Those, a lot of those lockdowns, a lot of those travel restrictions, excuse me, have already come in. So everything really depends on on that. But if Omicron turns out to be a bit of a storm in a teacup, which is potentially possible because we're hearing that the booster vaccine means that you will have, you will be sick, but it, it will limit deaths, uh, which will mean that lockdowns are more unlikely. Then we will likely see strong clean cargo exports from Europe. Uh, yes, and uh, winter in China is forecast to be colder, so that could drive European products eastward. Also, the upcoming festivals are causing further demand. So early Chinese New Year next year leaves little time between Christmas and New Year for restocking. And judging from the surge in CPP tankers rates, it looks like Christmas and Chinese New Year bonus may have come early. Good to know. Thanks, guys. So, I mean, we've sort of established the fundamentals you know, and, and a little bit of a forward-looking sort of outlook. And John, I think you've, you've gone quite a, you've delved quite a bit into how Omicron has affected the market and how it could affect the market with lockdowns. But any, any particular bits to highlight on things to look out for in terms of, of what we should be expecting from Omicron, any particular headers or liners that we should be looking at? Well, there's definitely its its impact on lockdowns, as we mentioned, but I think also one of the interesting things is its impact potentially on crew changes. I mean, crew changes have started to get moving again and make it easier for, for ship owners to, 
to be able to change their crews outside of kind of the the areas that they'd been limited to, you know, Philippines, Indonesia, I believe there were some changes in Panama. So it will it will likely make that more difficult again because the, the 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 restrictions that are coming in for Omicron are typically international travel restrictions. And that means that not only is it difficult for ship owners to fly their crews home, but it's also difficult for them to fly their new crews in. Now, you know, m- most ships will be isolated for, for two weeks anyway, because that's just the nature of sea travel. But it's flying the new crews in from, you know, typically from Southeast Asia, that can be very problematic. So if we see ship owners, again, having to change crews in more remote locations and in more difficult situations, then again, we may have a certain amount of conflict between ship owners and charterers as to when exactly the vessel will change crew. Will it change when it's when it's laden or will it change when it's empty? And if so, who pays for the vessel to take a massive detour to wherever it has to go to change crew? That, I think, is going to be one of the big things to watch with Omicron because we'd really seen this situation mitigated over the last few months, not fixed, definitely not fixed, but it's seen it improve. And that, if it starts to go up again and, and, you know, ship owners are going, uh, crew members, excuse me, are going to be on board for six, eight, nine months past their contract date, then that again is going to create a lot of problems. So I think that's something to watch out for. It could mean uh, some shortages in the availability of clean tankers as ship owners are going to have to take big deviations away from their natural markets in order to get their crew changes, their crew changes completed. So I think that's something that we really should look at. Got it. Thanks, John. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I mean, really get back to the Asia Pacific region now. One thing that we want to note is that China has a zero tolerance policy for COVID-19. That's what they've done differently from the rest of the world. So this approach has shielded the world's most populous country from rampant infections and massive death tolls that has basically ravaged other parts of the world. But this strategy has also taxed China and its people with weeks-long quarantine and re-entry procedures. While Omicron has been detected despite their you know, added restrictions in several port cities like Tianjin, Guangzhou, and Ningbo. So far, these outbreaks have been landbound rather than specifically at those ports. So operations, portside operations, have yet to be affected. But one cannot deny the COVID-19 has slowed down operational flows at all ports with requirements for terminals to designate like specific workers for each international vessel during the ship stay at the terminal. These workers will be subject to isolation after the vessel leaves the terminal, which in turn reduces the effective number of workers at the ports and terminals compared to times before the outbreak. So ports such as Ningbo, Zoshan are key for almost all commodities, for clean products, dry bulk, and bunker supplies. Similarly, for Tianjin and Guangzhou, they are also key ports for iron ore um, and coal imports. Another interesting bit to note, like you mentioned, John, I mean, for general vessels, it takes about two weeks quarantine, like from when they leave their vessels. But shipyards in China have actually increased this number to a pretty substantial amount. So vessels calling Chinese shipyards for repairs or dried out maintenance will be subject to quarantine measures, which could take up to 90 days 
from when they had called or had crew changes from ports which are deemed as high-risk areas like South Africa. But I guess I'm, I'm starting to digress a little bit. So, Sean, uh, how is it in the Far East? Any particular things to look out for? And how is the clean tanker market faring against Omicron? Yeah, so for, for the Asia-Pacific, uh, internationally, as countries recover from the shock of the Omicron variant and reverse or relax their travel restrictions, demand for jet fuel will increase. For example, Vietnam ha- will restore regular international flights to selected countries next year, and has already imported around 304,000 barrels of jet fuel in the first half of November, up from just 78,000 barrels for the whole of October. So even domestically, some countries like Indonesia has relaxed its restrictions. For example, non-essential businesses can allow 75% of its workforce to work from the office if they are vaccinated. Shopping centers and public transports can operate at 100% capacity while restaurants and public facilities such as public parks can operate above 75% capacity. Previously, it was 50% or below. So this would create more demand for gasoline and diesel and potentially more clean products from China. Another thing to note is that NAFTA is also used for the production of rubber. So as Asia battles the third and fourth wave of the Delta variant and prepare for the Omicron variant, a lot of disposable rubber gloves were used and stocked up. Even vaccinating the billions in Asia would have used up a lot of plastic syringe, test kits and disposable rubber gloves. And in Northeast Asia region, strong demand and tight tonnage caused MR lump sum rates from South Korea to Japan to spike. On Tuesday, rates spiked to 17 months high to 620,000 from 360,000 three weeks ago. Plus, bad weathers and ice are forming in some regional ports that could add to some delays and uncertainties as well. So the market is expecting a cold winter and this would create more demand for clean oil products such as kerosene. Good stuff. Thanks, John. But let's maybe weigh things out a little bit now. Between the good news and the bad news, is there a quick conclusion for the market? Is it a net positive or a negative? Well, I tend to be more bearish about these sorts of things personally, and I will admit to having some fairly serious concerns about Omicron. But the refinery utilization in Europe, the potential for a warm winter and increased nationalized, uh, increased NAFTA exports, and a lot of the activity that we've been seeing, I think that it is a net positive for the European clean market going forward. Awesome. Brilliant stuff. Thank you both for taking the time to participate in this podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening in to our podcast today. I hope it was insightful. Details on Argus Freight Services are available on the Argus Media website. Our daily assessments and commentaries can be found on the Argus Freight Report. And further content is freely available on the Way of Freight website. Until then, stay safe, take care, Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays. <music>